today on CityCast Madison. It's Thursday, so of course we're dishing on Madison's food scene. Have you ever had a punchki? These delicious jam-filled pastries are a staple of many Mardi Gras celebrations. But they can be kind of hard to find in Madison, especially now with Lane's Bakery gone. Well, allow me to introduce you to the Ugly Apple Cafe. You can get your punchki fresh and made to order by local baker Laurel Burleson, but only for the next two weeks. It's Thursday, February 1st. I'm Molly Stentz, and here's what Madison's talking about. Laurel, hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. So you're making punchki for Mardi Gras this year, these delicious little pastries that kind of sort of resemble a jelly donut, but not really? Yeah. How do you describe them? Um, I like, if people are completely unfamiliar, I describe them as fancy Polish jelly donuts specifically for Mardi Gras. Um, it's a little bit more to it than that. The slightly longer version is it's more like a brioche dough. It's like a super rich, there's butter and eggs and egg yolks and milk in the dough. So it makes them super rich and delicious. And then we give it like a 24 hour fermentation too. So it's just like a little bit more tangy than just a straight up quick jelly donut would be. And then deep fry them and then fill them with jam, uh, that I make or custard that I also make. Ah, delicious. Delicious. And so why do you only make them for Mardi Gras this time of year? It's a special treat, right? Yeah, it is. So traditionally, and it dates back actually further than I thought, it's till like the Middle Ages, because Mardi Gras is the day before Lent starts traditionally. So people in Poland or that area, I feel like it was probably before there was actually Poland, would try to use up all the other things they had to have one more delicious delicacy before they had to start giving up things for Lent. So that's why I use up the rest of the sugar and the fruit and the butter. They were traditionally fried in lard. And so just like get all this rich, delicious stuff out of the house so you wouldn't be tempted for Lent and put them all in one super yummy treat right beforehand. One last hurrah before the (laughs) fast. Exactly. So you grew up eating them. Do you have a memory of your, like the first time you ever ate one? Yeah. Well, so I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and they're a big deal down there. And um, my mom would always go to the little bakery that was not far from our house and get them. And so when I was pretty small. I don't remember the first year, but it was just there would be a day when I would wake up and these amazing, you know, in my like probably six or seven year old mind, donuts were just in the house. And I was like, what? I get one of these for breakfast? Why? (laughs) Um, And because my mom grew up in the Catholic tradition. uh, But then by the time she had us, I feel like we, we weren't really doing Lent. So it was like, wow, we got a yummy treat. This is amazing. Why did you decide that you wanted to carry on the tradition and make them for Madison? Well, I moved up here about 10 years ago and realized that it it just wasn't as popular of a thing. There were like a few bakeries that did them and maybe grocery stores, but it also seemed like 
oh yeah, here's our jelly donut. Now we're calling them Pudgki. Like it didn't seem like people were taking it as seriously as I remembered them kind of being. Um, and rather than trying to go out and, and seek out the best one that someone else was making, I was like, I should try to do this. Um, I was already a food professional at that point. And when I started my business uh, seven years ago, it was something that I started working towards like, okay, this is something that I can bring to Madison and more people and share in this tradition that I love. So I've been selling them kind of on a smaller scale the last few years and then last year. And then now this year, we've been like honing the recipe, trying some different types of flour. I, I typically do a few different fillings and some favorites every year. And so I'm really, really happy with how they're turning out this year. Yeah. What's in them? Well, I have six varieties, two custard, a bourbon vanilla bean custard and a dark chocolate, and then uh, apple cinnamon with like pieces, because that's part of it too. It's not a jelly donut. It's like a jam filled or custard filled. There are bits. It is not a smooth gel. There, It's chunky. So um, apple cinnamon with local apples, uh, strawberry brown sugar, raspberry currant, and brandied dry plum. The prune ones are traditional. I feel like people don't like the word prune, <laughs> but prunes are dried <laughs> plums. And so yes. I kind of reconstitute them in brandy and apple cider and then blend them. And uh, it, it, that one turned out really good. I hope that the traditionalists will be pleased with those. I mean, it sounds good to me, especially with the brandy. It turned out really good. Those were not my favorites when I was a kid. The prune ones were not the ones I would go for. But I, I did a test batch uh, last week of that filling and it was like, oh, dang, these, uh, these are actually pretty good. What was your favorite as a kid? Probably strawberry, strawberry or apple. Yeah. So you buy a lot of your fruit and food locally. It's part of your whole business. You have the Ugly Apple Cafe. You had a food cart on the square. Yeah. And this is something that you're passionate about. How did that become your focus? Yeah, well, I I wanted to be a chef uh, and probably own my own restaurant since I was in junior high. And that, you know, changed, of course, over the years, like exactly what it would look like. But then working in some more high-end restaurants and higher volume uh, places, like uh, I worked at a major convention hotel in Chicago and a country club. And um, just seeing some of the food waste really started bothering me and kind of got that idea just burrowed in my brain a little bit of like, how can we minimize food waste? And then moving to Madison again, like seeing the farmer's markets and talking with some farmers and realizing how much of their seconds and overstock don't have a home necessarily. And just the idea of plenty at a farmer's market. If there's three bunches of kale left, they won't sell any kale. If there's 12 bunches of kale, they'll sell six. And so it's like, okay, so you kind of have to have extra. And then what happens to that extra? And sometimes there's a spot for it. And sometimes there's not. And, you know, farmers want to show the absolute best thing they have, which I totally understand. And so they don't want to put out the scratch and dents or the the seconds. So I was trying to specifically buy the ugly apples and the scratch and dent to provide a home and another revenue stream for farmers. They put so much effort and time and energy and all of it into their fruits and vegetables and to have the uglies end up not being worth anything seems really sad too. 
Yeah, and the the quality is still good, but what you're talking about is like the cosmetics. Like so maybe there's like a little bruise on the apple or the the tomato has a little scratch on it or something. It's still fresh, it's still delicious and you're processing it and and baking and cooking with them. So you're not you're not having them displayed on a on a gorgeous display for someone to look at. You're using them and eating them. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I make fruit leather also, and then we have the cafe here in the lower level of the Dane County Courthouse, and we do fresh soup and sandwiches and salads, uh, and we are kind of in the process of opening a little cafe space in the city-county building also right now. That's kind of our winter-spring project, so with more, you know, just more of the same. Um, I had a license to do jam at my old facility. And then now that's, that's a little bit of a licensing hoops. We got to jump through to keep doing jam now. Um, but that will hopefully come back to, yeah, like, just like you said, to use as much as possible. And these little cosmetic things are not a reason to throw away the apple. It's like, just cut it out. The apple's great. Yeah. And so you're preserving these high quality local foods when they're at their peak and you're using them throughout the year. Why aren't more restaurants doing this? That's a great question. It's a lot of time to process and save and you need the storage space. You need the hands to process it in that moment. The strawberries that are going to be in these punchki that I've been using, a farmer friend that I've worked with a lot called me during strawberry season. He's like, hey, we pre-picked hundreds of pounds of strawberries that are not going to sell. And he had the foresight. Fortunately, he works with a couple other people to buy his seconds. Um, it's Carindale farm. He does you pick days and he works with, uh, the great Dane. And, and, um, so he tries to get all of his strawberries to a good home and he knew he had some that weren't going to make it. And so he called me, he's like, if you can pick them up tomorrow and get you a good deal on them. And I was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, picked them up, called everyone I knew to try to shuck strawberries. And we froze a bunch. I made some jam right away like freezer jam and uh, strawberry lemonade, strawberry scones, strawberry everything in that moment. I have dehydrators and freeze dryers too. So I do a strawberry apple fruit leather and and we're still going through the frozen strawberries that we saved from the summer and they're delicious. They're it's an amazing thing and I'm glad, I'm glad we could help each other in that moment that I could give the strawberries a good home and now I have these strawberries to use. So yeah, it worked out. Now- you're incorporating them into your delicious pastries that we can eat in the middle of winter in February. We can have fresh local strawberries. What a treat. Yeah, definitely. So I'm curious, the punchki that you make are the special treat for this type of year, right? Like this time of year is when we eat them. You're doing this um, pop-up sale for Mardi Gras. I'm curious what your take is on like how Madison celebrates Mardi Gras. I guess I feel like Madison maybe doesn't have as big of a culture of celebrating as other cities that I've lived in. Yeah, I would say that that's accurate. You know, I know that Punchki specifically are a bigger deal in Chicago and Milwaukee. Yeah. And I because I feel like this is such a special treat and something that is kind of hard to find here in Madison. And that's one of the really cool things, like you are doing this. How So how does it work? How do people get them? How do they find you? Well, they can go to my website. I have a little pop-up screen right now with an order form. I can send things out or people can pay when they arrive. Um, but you can fill out the order form, get your order in. Um, I'm also doing a pop-up with Pasture and Plenty. 
that they are going to have some of them for sale on Tuesday and um, the Saturday after Mardi Gras. If Tuesday is just tough, I mean, it's it's a work day. <laughs> it's yeah. tricky for people to uh, to get to places. And then the day after that on Sunday, I will have some at the Femstival, which is at Garver Feed Mill. We'll throw links in the episode for people to find. But yeah, you could you can either uh, go to the website or for uh, or I have a link on my Instagram and Facebook page. And if those fail you, you can always just email me at uglyapplecafe at gmail.com. And you can get you can pre-order these delicious treats and then pick them up either at your cafe or at Pasture and Plenty or at the Garver Female during Festival. Yes. Your cafe's in the courthouse. So you got to go through the metal detectors. Yes. But then they'll find you. Yeah. So it's worth it. I feel like that's the, we're like a kind of a hidden gem in the Dane County Courthouse. So it's um, 215 South Hamilton Street. Sometimes people confuse it with the City Hall building too. It's as you have to go a little bit further down the block. And then the weapon screeners at the metal detectors are some of our best customers. They're great. And then you <laughs> come down the stairs. And and then we're right there. You can't miss us. I feel like there's like a joke in there somewhere. Like if you were to set up in the city building next to the police department or something. <laughs> so as a food person, it's like anytime there's anything you need, someone does you a little favor or you, you have a question for someone, you want to like give something. And I make donuts otherwise, like cake donuts. And uh, so there were a few times where like a law enforcement or weapon screener or someone would like do something for me. And I would like want to offer them a donut but then i didn't want them to think that i was like making a comment on like right. cops and donuts because i wasn't i just wanted to give them something nice and so it was like i had to kind of figure out how to navigate but yeah the, the people who work in this building are the nicest people ever It's it's been great we've been here a little over a year now excellent i wanted to ask you because i saw in chicago there are some places that offer savory flavors of punchki and i wondered what your take is on those? We we did a savory one last year, and it did it did pretty well. It was like like kind of a traditional Polish like bacon, cabbage, onion sort of mixture, and it was good. We we sold some of them. We didn't sell too too many, but then you know also last year was maybe slightly smaller scale than than this year. But it's something that we might do just in house as like a special additional kind of people who want to to brave it and come down here. But we just decided to stick with the sweet this year and, and go from there. And classic fruit flavors. Yeah. How many do you think you'll make this year? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I feel like last year I made five or 600. And I was hoping to beat that. So we have kind of the systems laid out again with like the kind of letting them ferment overnight that we can hopefully expand our capacity. Uh, with my one little donut fryer. Um, she does pretty well. She works hard, that little donut fryer, but, um, <laughs> you know, not a huge operation. So, yeah, maybe, I mean, to to set a goal, maybe a thousand. Nice. Well, anything else that you think people should know? Hmm, that's a good question. The comparison that I've been giving people lately, too, it's it's like comparing, like, a delicious chocolate truffle to, like, a king size Hershey bar. Like if you see like a, like a jelly donut somewhere, it's like, Oh yeah, this is like satisfying. Maybe it'll scratch the same itch, but like having like the punchki with all the rich stuff in there and the, and the fillings, it's just like, 
a delicious, rich little bite that's like super satiating in the same way like a little chocolate truffle might be. Yes. And you know, it's February. We deserve it. (laughs) We do. You can go trudge out through the snow, you know, work it off afterward. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with us today about your delicious treats. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. I'm a fan of CityCast. I think it's great. So this is this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Laurel Burleson is the owner of the Ugly Apple Cafe in Madison. The cafe's inside the Dane County Courthouse, and so that's where you go to pick up the punch key. You have to order them before February 13th. We'll throw a link to her site and order form on our show note if you want to check them out. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Molly Stentz. If you enjoyed the show... Why not share this episode with someone who's ready for Carnival? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Ciao. Lazare bon temps brûlé.